We have grown up a good deal in the past year. Well, we'll have to see what can be done about that. Once upon a time, I fell in love with magic. And once upon a time, I fell in love with movies. And one day, we fell in love with each other. From family movie nights to family vacations. We believe everyone needs a bit of magic in their life. So we decided to watch through the entire Disney animated canon. And mix in some other magical movies along the way, like Harry Potter, Pixar, and some other family favorites. Each episode, we'll talk about the movies in the order they came out, and talk about what makes them so magical. Including how you can experience the movie's magic on your next vacation. And we'd love to have you along for the ride. I'm Krista. And I'm Jonathan. And this is the Magical Movie Marathon. We're ending my birthday month. With Mary Poppins Returns. I do rather wish that we were ending on a higher <laughs> note. Because this is definitely my least favorite of the three. Well, and we did, you know, we did originally discuss ending with Saving Mr. Banks. Mm-hmm. Because it would have put the, the weak link in the middle. Mm-hmm. But thematically, it did make more sense to... It do did. saving Mr. Chronicle, Banks chronological after, order and chronologically it made more sense yes. to, to do it that way too but yeah you know as much as you love Mary Poppins I don't think there was ever a chance that you were going to have the same amount of love for there was no chance any sequel there was no chance yeah so um you know we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more in a second but you know first let's Let's talk a little bit of the trivia for this movie and and then the history and it'll it'll kind of help put into context why frankly that this was a challenging movie to make for a lot of different reasons. So, okay? They tried. <laughs> okay. Yes, they tried. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it their best efforts. All right, so for starters, we have history repeating itself a little bit because you might recall that when Walt Disney offered the role of Mary Poppins to Julie Andrews, they had to delay because she was pregnant at the Mm -hmm. time, right? Well, guess what? Emily Blunt discovered she was pregnant after being offered the role, and so filming had to be postponed until after she gave birth. So now the balloon lady role for the final scene of the movie, Mm -hmm. was originally offered to Julie Andrews first. But she chose to decline because she feared it would be too much of a distraction from Emily Blunt's performance. And this, ladies and gentlemen, proves why she is the true Mary Poppins. It shows her class, for sure. She is a class act, and this shows why she is and will forever be the one and only Mary Poppins. Yeah, but I mean, it is a little sad that she wasn't willing to do the scene because you can tell they wrote it with the intention of having like both Mary Poppins side by side together. I'm in glad that she scene. didn't because so. I wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> so, so maybe that was the right choice then. Yeah. But. So yeah, so instead they offered the part to Angela Lansbury. Totally fits. Legend and in, in yeah, totally herself. Fits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here's something we didn't talk about in the Mary Poppins episode is she was actually considered for the role of Mary Poppins in the original before Walt picked Julie Andrews. I could see it because mm-hmm. she does play in my beloved movie I introduced you to. 
as a nanny-ish figure. Yes, bed knobs and broomsticks. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of why she was cast in that movie was I think Walt felt a little guilty because he liked her so much. And because yeah. she didn't get to star in Mary Poppins, I think they kind of crafted you know, that part for her in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So anyway, here's a fun little fact, though, about this movie. So the fact that she was in that role as the balloon lady made Lansbury the oldest actress to appear in a Disney movie at the age of 91. And guess what? It also made Dick Van Dyke the oldest actor to appear in a Disney movie also at the age of 91. Two Hollywood gems. Absolutely. So let's talk about Mr. Van Dyke a little bit more. So, <laughs> so this blew me away when I read it. Uh, okay. okay. So Dick Van Dyke was offered four different options for his dance scene, each with varying degrees of difficulty. And now let me say this first. I always thought from watching this movie before that there was special effects in that scene. 100% that they had no, that is the whole... man, the myth, the legend but, himself. But I had just always assumed, like, because I knew how old he was, I was like, okay, they must have used a body double, done some nope. CGI. Mm-mm. No, it's actually him dancing. I know. And get this, he chose the most difficult yeah. of the four routines they yeah. proposed. because he's Dick Van Dyke. And he refused any help from fellow yeah. cast members while he was filming. I believe it. I also, I didn't put this in my notes here, but they actually had to use old man makeup on him again because at the time that they filmed this, he didn't look 91. Like, he he actually looks young for, <laughs> for his age. So they still had to age him up a little bit, which what is kind of funny. Yeah. Now, Karen Dotris, who played Jane Banks, has a cameo in the movie. I miss this. You did not. And in her cameo, she says, many thanks sincerely, which is the closing line of Jane and Michael's Banks. Yep. Mm -hmm. Their nanny advertisement Mm -hmm. from the Mm -hmm. first movie. Also, Mary Poppins Returns holds the record for the longest gap between a movie and its sequel. Fifty four years. It's a long time. Okay, also, let's talk about Julie Walters real quick, who played Ellen Mm -hmm. in this movie. And also, she's, you know... She is my favorite mom in another universe. Yeah, yeah. In the wizarding world, (laughs) she's my favorite mom. Yeah, so this was really fun. She says that she's been confused for Julie Andrews many times in her career. Really? Yeah, I think that's strange, too, because I don't really think they They look look that much alike. They look absolutely nothing alike, and they're counting is so I, I know, but apparently it's something that continues to happen is that she keeps being confused for Julie Andrews. And so get this. Is it just because they both have their first name is Julie? I, I don't know. Okay. But here's what she said is that it's happened so much that she's even signed autograph books and quoted supercalifragilisticexpialidocious <laughs> to people to avoid embarrassing them because they were so excited that they thought they were meeting Julie Andrews. So she didn't want to let them down <laughs> that they were meeting Julie Walters. I'm sorry, but that's such a Mrs. Weasley thing to do. <laughs> Isn't it? <though>? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's such a Mrs. Weasley thing to do. Like, oh, you poor dear. Yeah, let me just let you live in your fantasy. (laughs) Unless you're Fred and George, then you need to. Yeah, get it together. (laughs) 
And now, a history lesson. Hooray! All right, so in the history, Krista, we're going to find out why this movie didn't get made sooner. And you probably have some good guesses on why it didn't get made sooner since, you know, we've watched Saving Mr. Banks. That we have. And know the background. Mm -hmm. So as we know, P.L. Travers wasn't exactly the biggest fan of how Disney handled her books. Sure. And like we saw in Saving Mr. Banks, she had decided she would not agree to any other movies from her books, despite the success mm -hmm. of Mary Poppins. So, you know, there was that line close to the end of Saving Mr. Banks where she mm -hmm. says, never again, right? And, right. I mean, and that was straight up what happened that in real her, life. Because yeah. Walt actually tried to produce a sequel well, it was right so away. successful. Yeah. He, and it's a book series, so, like, why not? Right. Literally, the very next year, he mm -hmm. called her up and was like, come on, let us let us do this again. Mm -hmm. And she would have none of it. She okay. denied permission. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the late 80s, another attempt was made at a sequel, this time with Jeffrey Katzenberg and Martin Kaplan pitching the idea to Travers uh, so their idea was, hey, we want to do a story with the Banks children as adults, and we will have Julie Andrews return as Mary Poppins. OK, mm -hmm. so Travers actually approved of Andrews returning as Mary Poppins. She she liked mm -hmm. Julie Andrews. OK, she's a great Mary Poppins. <laughs> she is Mary Poppins. But she rejected the rest of their proposal. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the okay. studio was just like, okay, this isn't worth pursuing. Like mm -hmm. after this many years, she's sticking to her guns. Okay. Mm -hmm. However, towards the end of her life, she did authorize the creation of a stage production. And I didn't put this in my notes, but uh, she was working with producer Cameron McIntosh, who's a pretty mm -hmm. well-known name on in the West End sure. scene in Britain. Mm -hmm. Okay. So her provision, though, was that no one from the movie be involved, particularly the Sherman brothers. She I know I know that they that's... I know that they butt heads, <laughs> but like, I'm sorry, the music is too good. I, and that, you know, I'm again, they, they did the best they could, but it just. Yeah. It's not the same. Right. But yeah, so she was adamant, like, okay, if you're going to do it on stage, mm -hmm. yes, that's fine. But I don't want the Sherman brothers involved. She felt so strongly about this. She included it in her will. Oh, her no. last will and testament. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Yeah. So she died in 1996 before the play was ready, but it was being produced at mm -hmm. the time. And then guess what happened at that point? Disney theatrical productions just whoop swooped right in to help producer Cameron McIntosh uh -huh. create the West End musical, which debuted in 2004. We've seen this show. It's so good. It's wonderful. I mean, I would love to see it in the actual West End, but. Yeah, that would be know, that fun would be. to watch. And, you know, and it is a bit different than the movie. It's, it's a lot different it, yeah, than the movie. It includes a lot of things in the yep. books that were left it's, out. Yep. It, much it really, closer to the books. Yeah, it does feature a lot of the Sherman Brothers songs still. It does. So, you know, I'm afraid she probably was rolling over in her grave about that. <laughs> but just can't help it. Yeah, I think they were able to get away with that, though, because technically they weren't involved. They were using right. the music they'd already written, right. and then new people wrote the other songs. Correct. So they, they were able those, to honor those the will. Loopholes those loopholes. Yep. That Walt was so good at finding. Yeah. 
So then uh, Walt Disney Studios reached out to her estate um, as an act of reconciliation, and they were they were able to restart negotiations because of the success of the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so that led to them getting the rights to make Mary Poppins Returns. Mm-hmm. Emily Blunt read all of the books in preparation for the role and, you know, big shoes to fill. You've got Julie Andrews in this classic role. Of course, Julie Andrews had won an Oscar. That's got to be intimidating stepping into a role. It's just like like it is an iconic. Yeah. Not like not just with Disney, but just like in in film history. Yeah. Yeah. So she decided, you know what, I'm going to shift the performance closer to how I read the character in the books. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people have pointed out that, yeah, Mary Poppins in this movie feels a bit sharper. She is a lot more stern. Yeah, more stern, Mm -hmm. not quite as She's not whimsical. Right. And and, and again, I've not read the books, you have. Mm -hmm. And so in her reading of the books, she felt like, Here's how I'm going to do the character. I think mm-hmm. that will be more what P.L. Travers had in mind, and it'll help distinguish my performance from people just saying, I'm just trying to copy Julie Andrews, right? So, yeah. So, the movie was a box office hit when it came out. It also received strong reviews when it came out, and it was nominated for four Oscars, including Best Score, Best Song, Best Costumes, and Best Production Design. So that's going to get us into our history here with it. So we saw this movie together, obviously, with it just coming out five years ago at the time of this recording. We did. You had been indoctrinating Kai into (laughs) the love of Mary Poppins in the lead up to this movie coming out. It wasn't just because of the lead up of the movie. <laughs> it's because I love well, Mary I said, Poppins I said so in the much. lead up. In the lead yeah. up. But yeah. I mean, it was a good excuse to watch it for the millionth time and, right. you know, foster his love for it as I will with MJ also. So, yes, we saw this together. I was very nervous about this movie. And sure. I will say that, like, it's your favorite movie of all yeah, time. Yeah. I mean, so. I would, I, I will say I prepared myself. I knew I wasn't going to love it. Like, I will never love it the way that I love the original Mary Poppins. And so I knew it wasn't going to be the same. My biggest fear was I was just like, just just please don't butcher it. Yeah. It wasn't butchered. It's it's fine. It's just not. <laughs> it's f- high praise. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know, but I did just come out of there just feeling like it's just like the letdown because it's just it's not Mary Poppins to me. Yeah, it's it, it's different. And, you know, I from from the movie making standpoint, I can't imagine trying to make this movie mm-hmm. and being like having to be Rob Marshall and being told, like, okay, make a sequel to basically the best movie that our studio yeah. has ever made. Like, that's that's a tough job. <laughs> for it is. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, and I do think they I, I think there are some things about this movie that are really good and really interesting. I think there are some things that they they did a good job with. It's just it's hard to repeat success with something like this, especially so many years later when you're missing so many of the original pieces. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to this movie 
has not aged super well, even though it's only five no. years old. And that was what I really noticed watching it this time. Uh, same, actually, because yeah. I, I do remember, like, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to love it, but, like, I was, I did walk out of the theater, like, pleasantly surprised. I think uh -huh. because I had such low expectations going in. <laughs> like, I was just, like, just, I literally was just, like, please don't ruin this for me is literally what I was like, like going into it. And I know there were a lot of my yeah. family and friends who like waited to go see it to see what I would say. Yeah. Um, because they know my love for Mary Poppins and like right. basically wanted to know, like if Krista hates it, then I'm just not even gonna, I'm just not even gonna go and watch it. And so I didn't hate it. I think I just had such low expectations that I was like, okay, like it wasn't Mary Poppins, but like it wasn't terrible. It was pretty good. There were some catchy things about it. Yeah. But like, is it one that I ever want to like, I'm like, yeah, let's watch you, Mary Poppins Returns. Never. You wouldn't voluntarily Never. return to it except for Never. a scenario like this where we right. planned it out. And so yeah. I, you know, Kai and I have watched it like once since theaters I think mm -hmm. we watched it on like a rainy day. So we did watch it since then. And, you know, I was like, eh, this, you know, eh. and then it's been, <laughs> it's been a long time, like probably a few years. Yeah. And then we watched it, you know, obviously in prep for this podcast. And I, I really just, I, I don't love it. I don't, I don't even know that I will put like on there. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't age well. Like, I, every time I watch it, I find more and more problems with it. Yeah, I, I mean, to take it for maybe for those who haven't seen this one or, or they need a comparison, to me, it feels a little bit like as a Star Wars fan, kind of like when uh, The Phantom Menace came out in 1999. Like, those of us who love Star Wars, we were just so excited a new Star mm -hmm. Wars movie was coming out that... Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw that movie probably seven times in theaters because I was just so excited a new Star Wars movie had come into you the world. You wanted to like it. Right. <laughs> but then it's like, by the time two years had gone by, like rewatching, it was like, oh, this movie has a lot of problems and it's yeah. really not that, like it ate, like it just, it did not age well very quickly. Yeah. And I feel like this movie is kind of like that where I remember seeing it in theaters too and being like, yeah, it was actually better than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. I, you know, there were actually some pretty great things about it. But then watching it this time, I was like, oh, this yeah. just makes me want to go back to the original. It you does. Know? <laughs> like, I I remember first watching this and, like, the trip a little light fantastic scene, which is supposed to be, you know, similar to Step in Time. Right. You know, it's supposed yeah. to have that same kind of whimsy. And I remember watching it and being like, okay, all right. You know, they're not the chimney sweeps, but like, good job. You know, I wasn't like over the moon with it, but I was like, okay, like that worked. Yeah. And then like this time I was like, this is lame. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. Absolutely <laughs> lame compared like the bike tricks. Just stop the I mean, you're doing the same like five turns around a lamppost Rob Marshall, I know that you can do better than that. <laughs> You've directed other things that I enjoy. That ain't it, sir. Yeah, well, we could we could have gotten some better choreography. Yeah, well, and you know, and that is something that uh, we'll we'll touch on with the you know the Dalton 
music hall yeah. scene. Oh, I, got, is, I got a lot of problems with that scene. It, we got some problems with that scene, and it's, yeah, it's got a little too much uh, Chicago mm-hmm. in it that mm-hmm. doesn't belong in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, again, yeah. I don't envy Rob Marshall's position as a director having to bring this movie to life because that's a big task. Right. But, uh, and like but yeah. for the character of Jack, I mean, I love that they cast lean Manuel Miranda because yeah. if because to me he is someone who is our generation's version of a Dick Van Dyke. He's, he really is. He's universally beloved he is. here in America and he's a, the way and that he's Dick very, Van Dyke Yeah, was. and he's yeah. very talented. Like not just musically, but like he is a good actor and he is somebody that I absolutely like when I heard that, you know, he was going to be playing a somewhat similar role I was like yes that makes absolute sense like mm-hmm. I don't mind him in the movie I don't I like that they you know kind of changed a little bit even though he's supposed to be like Bert it's just the whole storyline with the Learys is just it just misses the mark for me yeah it's not quite as solid there's there's some storytelling there's a lot things of storytelling things just don't work as well as yeah in the first and again movie. like we've you know kai and i have read this book and so what i will say is i do think that with this movie they stayed closer to the book mm-hmm. in a lot of ways with some of the things but to me like that's where i'm like okay so i'm fine with you staying closer to the book but then you know, I'll talk a little bit later about the things that they did change. I'm like, you should have just stuck with the <laughs> actual material the yeah. instead of like slightly changing that. And mm-hmm. I think what works for Mary Poppins, the original, is it's so different from the books. Like it's yeah. vastly different. Like there's so much separation there. And I know P.L. Travers, that was her biggest problem is it's they changed her stories. Yeah. But to me, like it just like if you read the books there's no way it can fully translate no, into a movie. No, it never can. It never yeah. can, but with her style of writing and just the way that the stories flow, like there's no way you could get like a direct translation from book to movie. Sure. And so I do appreciate that like I feel like they they probably tried to like honor Travers a little bit more in this process even though she's gone. Right, but I do feel like that, you know, they tried. But overall, I'm just like, either you needed to be like the original in that you just change the stories completely. Right. Or you need to like really stick to the stories. But doing, okay, we're going to pull this element, but then we're going to switch this. And the way that they switch things doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say that, uh, yeah, it's not one of our favorites. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's not one we would return to on any kind of regular basis. Mm-mm. But for for those who just haven't seen it before and, and want to form their own opinion of it and experience it, you know, there's, there's still some good things in it. You, they're just... A little bit more spread out than the original. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway. I just have a harder time. I, I know. I know you do. It, it's got to be tough. It's nothing against you, Emily Blunt. You're, you're great. 
You're just not Mary Poppins. I mean, I think Emily Blunt is one of the things in this movie that actually works really well. Um, I know you and I have different opinions, okay? I, I think her performance is really good. I do wish, direction-wise, they had made Mary a little bit softer. Some of, I mean, again, some of it is is not her personally. Right. It's the way in which they wrote Exactly. Yes. The script. Right. And a lot of it is some writing. of their the the, <laughs> the choices that were made. Yeah. Yeah. But I but I feel like her performance is as good as you could ask someone to do trying to fill in this role. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Lights. Camera. Action. action. All right. Let's talk about Mary Poppins returns. Now, we know this is yeah. not the original. Mom's rolling her eyes. So. I didn't roll them. I just looked up to the ceiling. Did a little bit of a Mary Poppins look there. Mm-hmm. So, But we do need to talk about our favorites for this movie. Things that we liked. All that good stuff. So, Krista, starting with you. I do think that probably my favorite song, I actually really do like the Nowhere to Go But Up song, the very last song and the very last scene I actually really enjoy. That song to me sounds the most Sherman Brothers-esque. It's definitely the catchiest and the most memorable of all the songs for me. So I definitely love that one. I like the scene where they, like, you know, she she makes them take a bath and, like, that's their first adventure. Yeah. Can I you like imagine this, that? Yes. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't love the song, but I the scene is fine. Okay. <laughs> and, and is that the end of the list? <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. I would like the... Royal Dalton Music Hall song more if she didn't change her voice to jazzy. Yeah, we're not fans of the jazz vibrato. Like if you just if you just if she just sung it straight and not the yeah that then then it would be better. It it crosses a line. It does. It does. It It just that that really it's not Mary Poppins and that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Otherwise, I would like it, and, you know, that would be fine. I mean, she just she has really big shoes to fill, to fill and she does her best. But, I mean, <laughs> it, this, this she, one's hard for Mary me. Mary Poppins crashed her voice like this. Yeah. In the song. Yeah. Oh, and I do like how they tie in, like, the story of the kite. I do like that. Right. Uh, that kind of storytelling of yes, the original movie ended with you know the family being united around the kite and that was kind of you know how the kids quote-unquote got lost in the first place and how georgie is chasing a kite you know in a similar situation type of thing and he's named after his grandfather he is and also you know i do like how you know he's just being a little boy and he's cutting up paper and that's how he mends the kite and it happens to be Something important that they were looking for. I could literally see that happening, you know. So I do like those tie-ins and, you know, things like that. But 
there's some problems. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll to get those. We'll get to that. Okay. But those yeah. are my positives for this one. Hi, how about you? What what in this movie do you like? Any characters, songs, Jack. scenes? You like Jack? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fun. He is fun. Yeah. Not as fun as Bert. <laughs> Not close. <laughs> but you still like him, is but what you're saying. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like his bicycle trick he does where yeah. he puts the ladder across the bike and he's mm. able to balance all of them. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I like when they climb Big Ben. And when they climb Big Ben with the ladders. Yeah, mm. that part's pretty cool, too. Even though I wish Mary Poston would do it earlier in the movie, I guess it's still fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Any favorite songs in this movie? Any favorite songs in the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one you're lost. Oh, where oh, the lost, where the lost things, things go. go. That's that a good one. song. Mm-hmm. Not that one. Oh, oh, the Jack song. Oh, trip a little light, fantastic. Yeah. That yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I really like Michael in this movie. Yeah. I like Ben. I don't know. I'm gonna butcher his last name. It's mm-hmm. Wishaw or Wyshaw. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ben Wyshaw, Wishaw. How, mm-hmm. how do you say his name? Um, I like that actor. I like mm-hmm. his performance as Michael. I think it's very heartfelt. I like his character. I like that once again in this movie, it's Mr. Banks who needs to be saved. Mm-hmm. Just this time around, Mr. Banks is Michael Banks. That's so right. I do like his, you know, his development and kind of the fact that at the end of the movie, he's back to he's young back to Michael. Like, yeah, the you innocent, know. like playful Michael that yeah, he, we all know and love. And, and that's really what his journey is about, Absolutely. is discovering the child within. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do like that in this movie, that they, they were able to kind of tap into that storyline mm-hmm. with him. Um, so for me, that really is kind of the, the highlight of this movie, though I do like the song where the lost things go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I agree with you that Nowhere to Go But Up, the last song is, the is great. And, <laughs> and it does mm-hmm. feel the most like the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when we were just recently at Disneyland, I mm-hmm. remember hearing it over the speakers at one point. Mm-hmm. And at first there was even a moment where I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, Sherman Brothers. And then I stopped and I was like, wait, no, this is from Mary Poppins Returns. Mm-hmm. So it's not Sherman Brothers, but it's the one that feels the closest it does. to something they would write. It does. Um, yeah. And I do like that scene mm-hmm. as well. Too. It's a good. He writes it. It's a good last scene. Mark Shaman is the name of the composer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think those are our positives, the things that we like. Um, <laughs> now, we try to be very positive on this show. So we're not going to. Well, on things too much here, but, and there's a lot of overlap on our opinions here, but what doesn't work for us here? Mm, What are some things we don't like as much? I have so many thoughts. Uh, Again, (laughs) let's let's not turn it into, let's not turn it into a lecture. We're not. Here's what I will say. My biggest problem with this movie, it's not that it's bad mm-hmm. but my biggest problem is that it's not consistent with mary poppins character there's several times throughout this movie that they make her look neglectful and she is never neglectful of the yeah. family or of those children and i will even say because kai and i have read the books right and so there is mary poppins returns is the second book and 
in this book, like the scene that really, I think, caught us all off guard when we first watched this, because like I remember even Kai was like, why is there somebody mean in one of Mary Poppins adventures talking about right. the scene with the the Dalton the bull? Hall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he notices the wolf's countenance change and that bothered him. And then yeah. they get into a spot of trouble and, you know, all of that. And I don't like that scene for for many reasons, because one, Mary Poppins would always know where those children were and she would never put them in harm's way. Correct. And number two, now in the book, it actually does happen that Jane does go into the bowl and she does get into trouble and Mary Poppins has to come and save her. But Mary Poppins was never neglectful in the book. What happened Mm -hmm. in the book was Jane was having a an off day, a rough day, and Mary Poppins had told her, you know, what to do, like, don't go near the bowl or whatever, and she disobeyed, and she fell into the bowl, and Mary Poppins had to go in and rescue her, but she mm-hmm. was never neglectful. And again, it's like the scene at the bank where she would never, like, put the kids in a situation where they would cause a ruckus, you know? It's right. like you're going, like... She knows, she technically knows where they are, but she would never put them in a situation where it's like, yeah, it's good. Go sneak off. And like, that's not consistent with her character. Cause it's like, even in the original when yes, she kind of does trick Mr. Banks into taking the children. She doesn't do it under the pretense of thinking that Jane or Michael are going to cause any problems. Correct. That's never her intent. Her intent is for their father to spend time with them. To spend time with his kids. Right. right. And so there's just several instances in the movie like that where I just feel like it makes her look like she doesn't really know what she's doing. She doesn't know where the kids are. And even just, you know... Emily Blunt, she does the best she she can. You know, it's it's not bad. Well, okay, as we talked about in, you know, kind of the history section, like, she purposely had a different interpretation. She did. Because those are big shoes to fill. She did. So it's fair to go a slightly different direction. Yes. For that reason. But but I also don't like there were the way that she speaks to the children and there are several times where it just sounds very condescending. Mm-hmm. And Mary Poppins, even though she has some like really great one liners and she makes facial expressions and all of that, she never like makes the children feel less than. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so I have a problem with that. And then I also just I have a major problem with the whole in the music hall, the the cover is not the book, which could be a great song. Again, one thing I do like about that is that there the the part about the dirty rascal where where Jack, you know, basically does the rap, you right. know. And she's like, the quicker you're into it, the quicker you're out of it, because it's really long. The dirty rascal story is like half the book. So if you've read the book, you're like, oh yeah, that's true. What I don't like about that again is it's trying to be like a Jolly Holiday-esque. But it makes Mary Poppins look kind of crass. She would never act like that, ever. Yeah. And some of the, like, movements and the innuendos, 
that would never come out of her yeah. mouth. Like a la 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 la. Uh, again, there's there's a little too much Chicago. Right. In there. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and that that's that's not her. That's not yeah. who she is. It, it's not her vibe. Right. Yeah. So you know, and well, then there's just some tor- storytelling things like we talked sure. about of like the scene where with Big Ben. I'm like, she wouldn't let them get that far and then just fly up there and fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, there's just some things like that, but yeah. Those that my main issue is the times that she, it it makes her look neglectful and she's never neglectful. Yeah. And and you've really summed up with all of that all of our issues yeah. with mm. this movie really is yeah, it's just not completely consistent with Correct. our expectations of Mary Poppins. Kai, is there anything you'd like to add on to what mom said? Like when Michael's gonna blame Mary Poppins but they put it on them. Yeah, she oh, would yeah, have yeah. never let the children mm-hmm. take the fall. Yeah, come ever. on. Yeah. yeah, she would never have let them do that. And, you know, we see, like, in the original, like, they do go to their father and they apologize, like, for yeah. their actions. But, again, they're not, like, taking the blame. She's not letting them take all the blame. Right. You know, so. Yeah. There's definitely some times where I just, I feel like Come she, on. she would have handled that much differently. Yeah. You know, especially for people who haven't seen it before, but you love the first one, you know, just be aware that it, it's one. hard to make lightning strike twice. It yes, just is. It really is. Um, but, you know, to add one more positive in here so we mm-hmm. can have a little compliment sandwich, which mm-hmm. is always nice to do in these situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke. We get it's the best part. A little bit of Dick Van Dyke. It's the best part. And it's great. And it's, it's wonderful. And it's just a little it's a little dab of magic from the first. Dick so, Van Dyke can do it. Yes, he, he can. He can. I bet it was kind of he easy. Can. I bet it was kind of easy because he just had to use like the same costume as when he used it for <laughs> Mr. Dawes Jr. I'm, I'm sure they well, had to they, change they did, some things. Yeah, they did get a new costume uh, for him. I don't think they but still had But he still got it one. up there dancing he, just like that chimney sweep. He did, yep. Okay, was there anything we noticed this time around that maybe we hadn't noticed before? Kai, you are raising your hand like we're in a classroom. So, uh, <laughs> so, so what is it? Um, that Dick Van Dyke's in two movies. He's in Mary Poppins. He played three people. Yeah, he played mm-hmm. three characters across Mr. Dawes. two movies. Bert, Mr. Dawes. Yeah, Mr. Dawes mm-hmm. Sr., Mr. Dawes Jr., and Bert. So, yeah. The best. Yeah, he, he's the best. It's yeah. true. Um, I do like that we see Jane in the movie. Yeah. The original Which Jane. I missed. I mm-hmm. missed that. I didn't know about it. The original the Jane Banks mm-hmm. uh does make an appearance and I do love that in this movie. So we do get to see a little piece of her. Yeah. A little cameo. A little cameo. Yeah. She has a great line. Yep, from the first movie. That she does. Yeah, this is one of those movies where, I mean, it, it has some really fun parts. It's just not as good as the first one. But I mean, <laughs> they did their best, but there's there's just, there's no magic like the chimney sweeps. It's true. And, you know, bless them. The Learys are, are great, but it's no uh, dancing on rooftops and yeah. things. Not, not quite the same. Not the same. But before we go, let's get into our questions for Mary Poppins Returns. Okay, so we got two questions here. 
And the first one deals with magical forms of transportation. So <laughs> we talked about how we see Mary Poppins do three different types of magical transportation. Mm -hmm. So we have her arriving on a kite, right? We have her, of course, using her magical umbrella. The OG. Her use. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then, of course, we also have some magical balloons pulling people up into the sky mm -hmm. in our, our favorite scene there at the end. So the question, then, of those three, which which one do you vibe with the most? Which one feels like the way that you would travel? Umbrella. 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 No, there's there's no question. <laughs> umbrella. Okay. Even I'm sticking with umbrella. Really? really? I'm one doing them. I'm going to answer for MJ, and I say MJ would do balloon because yeah. his beloved Pooh Bear also travels by balloon. It, it's true. Oh. And when we were at Disneyland, every uh -huh. time he saw a balloon somewhere, he was like, <laughs> he, he just like would it. Yeah, especially when laughing. I got attacked from them at Disneyland. <laughs> Well, you, you walked you, you through walked them. right through I a balloon cloud. You, you did. All, yeah. the, all the Mickey balloons. I got hacked. Yeah. Um, I'm going with kite. Okay. I like the kite. Yeah. For whatever reason. I don't know. It just speaks Said to me. the OG. Let's yeah, go the fly OG. a kite. Let's go fly a kite. I'm going to grab onto the tail of that kite mm -hmm. and float up with it. So that's, that's my choice. All right. Second question. So, we have a couple of characters who do make a return from the first movie. Of mm -hmm. course, we've got, you know, Michael and Jane Banks, and we have Mary Poppins, obviously, and we have Ellen, even. Yeah. Uh, she returns from the original. And so, the question is, if you could bring back one other character from the original Mary Poppins, who would it be? Whether it's this movie or a future movie, if they ever make another one. What what character would you like to see return besides Mary? Bert. Obvious. <laughs> I would say Bert, Bert slash Chimney Sweeps in general. Mm. It's an obvious choice. Bert. Which is? Yes, Bert. Bert. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say Bert, too. It's just, it would be hard to see anyone else other than... Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke in that role. So that would I be... I agree. That would be very, I agree. Very it, it would be... I think I would probably feel the exact same way that I do about, you know... I mean, again, she had a different interpretation and she did her best, but, like, no one is ever going to be Mary Poppins to me other than Julie <laughs> other Andrews. Other than Julie Andrews. That's it. Yeah. Like, that is it. Yeah. Like, she is Mary Poppins. No, I think we all agree it would be great to see Bert come back. But I also wouldn't be against uh, Uncle Albert coming back. I would, oh, like, I would like Uncle I feel Albert like we didn't get return. quite enough of we him didn't. in the first movie. And it would yeah. it would be yeah. lovely to see more Uncle Albert and yeah. see whatever mischief he, he mm -hmm. gets himself into. And laughs. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be that would be fun. So I think now it's time for us to go grab our umbrella and kite and Float off to bed. Okay, Kai? Okay. <laughs> See you. Let's go to the parks. So we are returning to Mary Poppins Park Connections here. 
Obviously, there's a couple things that are obvious that we're not going to repeat that we've covered. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I've covered quite a bit between, yeah. you know, Mary Poppins and then our Saving Mr. Banks episode. I went into quite a bit of detail in both of those. So this is going to be yeah. shorter part connections today, but I did want to bring up a couple of things. Um, I do want to give an update because when we first recorded Mary Poppins for this month, it was pre our Disneyland trip. And I said in that episode, it would just make my birthday if I saw her at Disneyland and guys, it happened. Disney magic happened. And literally on like on your (gasps) actual birthday, my actual birthday, yeah, which was our last day. It was our last day in the parks for that trip. And like, I was just like my perfect Disney morning at Disneyland is I love Fantasyland. It is my favorite of all the lands in Magic Kingdom. But Disneyland Fantasyland is something super special to me. And Mm -hmm. so that morning, you know, it was like I've never in my 30 years of going to the parks I've never been in the parks on my birthday. So this was already like a special a thing. Deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I turned 35, guys. I'm now in my mid-30s. It's fine. But <laughs> I was like, okay, like we're going to go in. We're going to go straight to Fantasyland. We're going to do Peter Pan's Flight. We're going to do Small World. We're going to do the teacups, like all the classics. I wanted to do Dumbo. Like I wanted to do all the classics. So we, you know, went. We went straight to Peter Pan's Flight. We did that. We did... King Arthur's Carousel, we did Dumbo, we did Teacups, and we actually left the Teacups. We were going to go to Small Worlds next, and we had parked our stroller down by Dumbo, and so we needed to go back and get it. So we were kind of like walking back that direction. You came back with the stroller, and we were heading back towards the Teacups, and Kai, Kai is the one who spotted her. He was like, Mom, Mom, there she is. It's Mary Poppins. And I was like. ahead of us. Yeah. She she like literally rounded the corner like she was coming to me. (laughs) She came out for my birthday. And so, of course. Jolly holiday. It was a jolly Jolly holiday holiday indeed. (laughs) And she was in her jolly holiday attire. So, you know, I mentioned that she roams at Disneyland and she roamed right to me on my birthday. I'll and we have hadn't you know. seen her yet. We had not. We had like, not. Usually we, see, we, had seen we had seen a ton. A lot of characters. We had seen yeah. a ton of characters this trip. Like, yeah. a ton. And she, I, we had not seen her. Yeah. And so the fact that, like, she she rounded the corner on on my birthday, on our last day in the park, was just awesome. And Kai is Kai was so excited that he's the one who spotted, who spotted her, her for yeah. me. And so <laughs> it just made everything so special. So of course, we got our picture with her. I got my picture with her. She told me happy birthday. It was wonderful. So just wanted to give you faithful listeners an update that I did indeed get to have my jolly holiday with Mary. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. So anyway, that's a that's a little return to obviously you can meet Mary in, yes. in the parks yes. if you know the right places to go. Right. Yep. So if you if you haven't <laughs> listened to our our Mary Poppins episode, definitely go back and do that. I also talk about the UK Pavilion mm-hmm. at Epcot, so I'm not going to repeat that. But I do want to do a couple of things. So I since on the topic of Disneyland, I actually want to mention. The Ferris wheel at California Adventure. And the reason for this is because 
at the end of Mary Poppins Returns, they're at a fair. Yeah. And so you do see, there's you know, Ferris there wheel, is yeah. a mm-hmm. Ferris wheel. And so at Pixar Pier, there's a super huge Ferris wheel that has it's, Mickey's face it's on easy it. To miss. It's yeah. really not. It's <laughs> iconic at DCA. Um, and we have ridden it. We actually probably need a redo. We need there, a redo. Just yeah. FYI, um, free tip, free pro tip for you <laughs> mixed in here. On this Ferris wheel, you have what would you call them? Swinging There's cages? Two t- not cages. Not cages. Oh what do you call They're, it? Gondolas. Gondolas. Yeah, okay. T- so the Pixar pal around Ferris wheel. There's two types of gondolas. You've got the stationary kind and you've got the swinging kind. <laughs> and <laughs> the swinging kind, they definitely swing. So like. It's a little intense. It's pretty intense. Like yeah. we went on the swinging kind and it kind of traumatized Kai. Yeah, I would say that's a accurate description. I mean, we had MJ too. He was in the ergo with me and was totally fine. <laughs> was completely <laughs> oblivious as to what was going on. Yeah. Um. So, you know, lesson learned. I now tell my clients that if they have young children, probably skip the swinging gondolas. Even even some adults. I mean, I've yeah. Seen, if you I've are seen scared of heights, adult, uh, not even people scared of heights. That's like people true. who normally are like fine on roller coasters and whatnot are like, you know what? That it swinging is, gondola was too much yeah, for me. Yeah, <laughs> it is intense. The the swing is intense. The views are beautiful, though. You yeah. get beautiful views. But of you will probably the enjoy property, the but... view a little bit better in the yeah. fixed gondola. Yeah. So. so there's that. Yep. So a little free pro tip <laughs> for you. There is that. A next thing I want to talk about is just, it's just iconic at Disney. Now we've never bought one, no. but you can't go down main street of either park without seeing one of the happiest sights. And that is a Mickey balloon. True story. I mean, it is just like, just the thought of a Mickey balloon on Main Street makes me so happy. Yeah. And so since, you know, we have the whole, again, the last scene, the nowhere to go but up, that's my favorite song and my favorite scene in this movie. And, um, I mean, if I could pick any kind of balloon mm-hmm. to have that kind of a venture on, it would be a giant Mickey balloon. It's got to have ears. It yeah. has to have ears. So, um, you know, again, we've never bought one, but... But we don't buy one simply because we don't want to tra- deal with it throughout yeah. the day. That's what it comes yeah. down to. <laughs> so, but yeah. if it's later in the day if and it, it will is, keep your little one entertained, sure. just, you know, and just happy. Also a little pro tip. If you do get yourself or your child one and it is before a fireworks show, yeah. please, please... <laughs> Make sure to tie it at an appropriate height so it is not blocking anyone's view. True story. So get your balloon. Love your balloon. Just don't let your balloon fly too high, obstructing other people's view during the fireworks. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone will appreciate it. (laughs) And it'll be, if it's tied appropriately to a stroller or something, then it's also less likely for that balloon to go on its own little adventure which we also see sometimes during fireworks so it's true um okay the next thing i want to mention you're probably going to be like huh but it does work so we need to talk about going into the sea so over at epcot 
there is Nemo and Friends and the Seas. And when you come out of the Nemo ride, you actually are in an aquarium and it's amazing. And it's one of our favorite little areas to go and explore. You can do lots of different things in there, see all kinds of sea creatures, one of which are dolphins, which we see in the, can you imagine that scene? Um, We see that in Mary Poppins Returns. There are dolphins. There are also, you know, they're under the sea. So there's just other sea creatures there as well. But there's actually like a little, not a show, but they base it's kind of like a dolphin nature talk, so to speak. They yeah. have I mean, a they cast show member. Like how they are trained. And yeah. Everything. It's really cool. It is really cool. So um, so I would definitely like take the time to go explore. It's also again a really nice place to cool off on a hot day, just to go hang out in there for a while. It's cool, it's dark, that you can do turtle talk with crush and all kinds of things but we love to go and visit the dolphins and it is really fun to get to hear the cast members who train the dolphins talk about them and your kids have an opportunity to learn and all of that so those are our park connections for mary poppins returns and thus we have ended our trifecta time for a pro tip i often get asked How far in advance should I book my Disney vacation? Well, my answer is as early as possible. Truly, that is the best time to book is as early as you can. Last minute bookings, planning, it can happen, but those are far and few between. A mistake that I I see people make a lot is they wait and wait and wait to see if a promotion becomes available. But friends, it's basic economics. The price is only going to get higher the longer you wait because demand gets higher. And the availability is only going to get less the longer you wait because people are booking things up. So don't wait around hoping and crossing your fingers that a promotion is going to become available. Book as early as possible. I always say the absolute best rates and availability are going to be when they first release the following year. So if you're looking to go in 2024, then the day that they release those vacation packages, that's some of the cheapest and the best availability you're going to see. Something that I offer all of my clients is promotion monitoring. So if a promotion does become available, if Disney does release a promotion and your reservation qualifies for that, one of my favorite things to do, it's like Christmas for me. I go ahead and the day that that promotion releases, I've made a list of my clients who are qualified. I go in, I modify so that they get that promotion, and then I send them an email that, hey, I was able to find them savings before they even knew about it. So don't think that you're going to miss out on a promotion. If you're working with a good travel agent like myself, I'm already monitoring those things for you, but it's better to go ahead and have your reservation booked and in place and the planning process started than trying to wait until the last minute to see if something does become available. So don't wait, book out as early and in far in advance as you can. And that is what I am here to help with. All right. Hope you've enjoyed our jolly holiday 
with our Mary Poppins month. But now it is time for us to get back to the bare necessities of mm-hmm. the Disney animated canon as we head off to one of my favorites, The Jungle Book. Oh, it's so good. So excited. Yep. We appreciate everyone who's given us a five-star rating, but we would love to know who you are. Would you please also leave a short review so we can read it on the show? We would absolutely love that. See you once upon another time. Magical Movie Marathon is a production of Wardrobe Media in partnership with Spoonful of Jordan. It is produced, edited, and hosted by Krista and Jonathan Jordan. Krista is an authorized travel agent for Share the Magic Travel, LLC. You can contact her through the link in our show notes or by visiting spoonfulofjordan.com travel. Jonathan is married to her. Magical Movie Marathon podcast is not affiliated, sponsored, or endorsed by the Walt Disney Corporation or its subsidiaries, nor NBC Universal or its subsidiaries, nor Warner Brothers or its subsidiaries. The views expressed are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions, standards, views, or policies of the aforementioned corporations or their subsidiaries. Any mention of Disney, NBC Universal, or Warner Brothers properties, intellectual and otherwise, is strictly for informational and educational purposes only.